Hi, everybody. Um, my neighbours have small children, and um, they're absolutely lovely little kids, you know, like um, pre you know, preschool kids uh, and just entering into schooling. So, they, you know, they're quite young, and um, they're quite lovely. In fact, I was actually talking to someone online like this the other day, and one of them came up to the window right here, said, and it was it was quite lovely. But um, one of the other little kiddies, he, um, I was walking out on the front lawn, and I just signed some new grass seed, and um, I got him to come over and um, bend down and to see this tiny, tiny, tiny little grass seedling that was coming out. And we both looked at the little seedling poking its way out in the world. And with all our attention, with all our focus, we were looking at a little bit of creation, a little bit of a seed emerging. He, he's only four, but he was taking in the good. And then... <laughs> We went over to the roses, and it's springtime here, and they're just starting to, just starting to bloom, and uh, not too many. And on this particular rose bush, there was lots and lots of rosebuds, just about to burst their way into the world. It was all exciting, and I said, to him, "Look, yeah, we, we were just taking it in, looking at all these little rosebuds, taking it in good, let it nourish." And finally, we we saw a rose that actually had bloomed, and. Um, so he's, I said, he said to me, "Can I can I pick it and take it to mummy?" And so I picked it and we smelled it, but there, were, there wasn't any perfume, which was a bit of a letdown. But um, I suggested he go and yeah, take it to his mum and let it nourish her. You know, it's always good to start off kids well, isn't it? <laughs> give, give their mum uh, flowers, and then um, I went into the the orchard that's here. And I saw a plum tree absolutely covered in uh, flowers, of, you know, plum flowers. I'm like, wow, that's it's going to be covered in, you know, fruit. Well, most of the most of the fruit flowers don't actually come to bear like that, but it's covered in flowers. And this this kereru, which is like a, a really big New Zealand native wood pigeon, landed in the tree, and so I stopped and I just took it all in, and and let it kind of nourish me. And that wasn't until I watched it, and it was actually eating the flowers and all the buds that were coming off on the tree. And I'm like, those are my plums. I don't want them to be eaten by this wood pigeon. So the next day, I actually went and put some net over the tree just to try and save a few plums. And if you come over to the website and look at the blog, you'll actually be able to see two videos I took of these kiru, which are... They're beautiful birds, and you can see them in this plum tree doing the, the, doing the damage. But it was wonderful to take it and just let it let it nourish my soul. And um, if you watch them, you can see the beautiful countryside where, I, where I'm living. Now, you see, if I was a machine, I would have robotically gone past this, wouldn't I? Uh, I would not have engaged, but... As a human, uh, I have the opportunity to take it in, take it into my mind, into my soul, and let it nourish. And there are multiple opportunities every day for us to take in the good.
and let it let it nourish and it's that sip of coffee that you have or, or tea or and you just let it linger on the taste buds it's that lingering gaze on a, on a beautiful piece of artwork you know as i look out this window here i look out and i see beautiful camellias and uh, and clivias and they're beautiful and it's raining and it's just they're all clean and sparkly it's beautiful maybe it's the warmth of a warm fire um, and feeling it soak into uh, your coldness. You know, I was listening to a songbird sing its song uh, when I wrote this post. Um, maybe it's as one um, one of our turning the page people said she was watching the wind blow through her washing on the washing line. Yeah, it's just taking that time to notice these things, and it's a spiritual habit. It's a discipline. It's a it's a spiritual exercise. But how often do you slow down and take in the good and just let it nourish you? And as most as part of most Christian services, we have a time which um, when we are invited to take in the good and let it nourish us. And uh, depending on the, the the church you go to, it could be called communion, the Lord's Supper, or the Eucharist. Um, Many different names, but it's that moment in the service where uh, we are invited to uh, a holy ceremony of tasting and seeing uh, to savor the sacraments of the Christ. And it, it's a, it's from the, the story of Jesus when he broke the bread and 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 shared the wine. And this is it here. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he said, "Take this and divide it among yourselves." For I tell you from, that from now on. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took a loaf of bread, which he had given thanks, and he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. That's from Luke 22. You know, there's something deeply good when we participate in the shared eating and drinking you know we are speaking truth into our brains we are reminding ourselves of what truly matters it's the goodness of love and love of god you know i i linger on the taste of grape juice <laughs> and let it explode across my tape my um my taste buds the bread sits on my tongue and all where i go it's a wafer um and I notice its texture and I give thanks and reinforce the truth of God's eternal love for me. I, I take it in, not just into my digestive tract and system, but also into my heart and soul and my brain. And, and in the Bible, we find the story of Elijah and how after he his panic run from people wanting to kill him, he collapsed in exhaustion. He had taken in a lot of bad, a lot of bad. He had drained all his resources of life and to manage life and wanted God to take his life. God, take my life. <laughs> he wanted to die. He was so drained and so much in fear. His life cup had been drained. But you see, God knows um, the deepest needs of the human condition and provides food and sleep. And it says in the story, Exhausted, he fell asleep under the lone broom bush. Suddenly an angel shook him awake and said, Get up and eat. 
He looked around and to his surprise, right by his head was a loaf of bread baked on some coals and a jug of water. He ate the meal and went back to sleep. Wow, he must have been tired and he must have been fed. And then the angel of God came back and shook him again and said, get up and eat some more. You've got a long journey ahead of you. He got up, ate and drank his fill and set out. Nourished by that meal, he walked for 40 days and nights. That's a good meal. All the way to the mountain of God to Horeb. When he got there, he crawled into a cave and went to sleep. Wouldn't you? Forty days. <laughs> um, there is eating, and then there is nourishment. So he was strengthened by this meal. He had taken in the good, and it had nourished him. And then Elijah had a period, two periods of sleep and two meals. Um, I wonder the first meal was eaten and everyone's hunger. You're like, oh, I'm just going to get this food into me. And he was trying to fill the hunger pains of his empty stomach. While the second meal was taken more slowly and contemplatively. He was slowly taken in every crumb of bread and sip of water that, that savoured the taste of his, into his being. Look, um, we have, a, I think, a magnetic pull, like pull to take in the bad, the negative and the hurt, and let it destroy. It drains us and pulls us away from a focus on the good. It's normal and part of our existence. The brain is wired for us to be careful and live in self-protection. The brain is like, um, Rick Hansen says, the brain is like Velcro for negative experiences, but Teflon for positive ones. And this shades implicit memory. Your underlying expectations, beliefs, action, strategies, and mood in an increasingly hostile direction. It comes when the negative is all we focus on. Unfortunately, over many, many repeated experiences, we have trained our brains to be this way. And this can become such a strong thinking habit that everything we do drains into the super rut. <laughs> Even good things get negated and emboldened with black borders. <laughs> and um, I've got this, this thing that I, I, I think about a lot. What you focus on is where you go. Focus on the negative challenges will always take you down. Focus on the positive good things will always give you hope. One of my favorite little brain training exercises is called the cup. And in this exercise, you imagine your life as being like a cup. Then you journal down all the cup fillers and drainers. The drainers are probably easier to discover than the fillers, but the fillers are where I'd like you to focus on, particularly, and, and, and take them in. It's the lingering of, of smelling a rose or the taste of a fresh tomato, just, just tasting it for a little bit longer. That sound of a songbird, uh, the beauty of a flower, the touch of someone's hand upon your own. We write, write those things down, preferably in tangible ink and on tangible paper. The brain likes tangible and tactile. Training the brain can be as simple as doing this twice a day. Take in the good and let it nourish. Here's some quotes for you to think about. What's the most important minute in your life? I think it's the next one.
There is nothing we can do about the past. We have limited influence over the hours and days to come. But the next minute, minute after minute after minute, is always full of possibility. Rick Hansen. Fruit is always something full of wonder, something that has grown organically. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift which God is the sole source. Those bearing this fruit are unaware of it as, tr as a tree is of its fruit. The only thing that they are aware of is the power of the one from whom they receive their life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Richard Raw says these things. Uh, the underlying and constant reality of our human existence is goodness. And he says, only hour by hour gratitude is strong enough to overcome all temptations to resentment. Richard Raw. Immature spirituality focuses on experience. Mature spirituality focuses on seeing and knowing. David Benner. Without the inner discipline of faith, most lives end in negativity, blaming, or deep cynicism, without even knowing it, Richard Raw. Some questions. Number one, where does your focus naturally drift to? Just naturally drift to. Number two, what has filled your cup today? Number three, taking in the good and letting it nourish requires an openness to slowing down and noticing. So what can you do to encourage this to happen, this slowing down and noticing? Hey, I hope you found this helpful to your life. Uh, if you want to send me an email, love to hear from you. Barry at turningthepage.co.nz. And just a big thank you to those people who financially support uh, uh, Turning the Page. If you'd like to be one of those wonderful people, it's turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support or forward slash give. I think it is now. Okay, until next week, take in the good and let it Soaking deep. Bye.